This is the Photo Experiment Podcast, brought to you by PhotoBiz X. Welcome to episode one of the audio diaries from the UK and Ireland. It's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and this is, a, I guess, a test or a trial, an idea that I had that I'd record some audio while traveling around the UK and Ireland and staying with and seeing other photographers while I'm here. And before I get into and introduce Dermot and Catherine Murphy from Belfast, who have kindly put me up for the last couple of days, I wanted to share just a little bit about my experience in Belfast so far. I arrived yesterday morning, I flew in from Glasgow, it was I think a half an hour flight, and took the bus into town. Dermot gave me directions to meet him, and you know, once we once we met up, he took me around the city. We had a bit of a walk around. We stopped and had breakfast, which was great. And it was good to see the city. I was starting to wrap my head around the whole idea of this Northern Ireland and Ireland and the troubles that they they faced between the Catholics and the Protestants through what they called the troubled times, which was very very confusing. But I, I have a bit of an idea about how it all works now. We skipped lunch, we jumped onto an on and off bus and, and saw the sites and saw the areas where the troubles were and uh, other sites like where the Titanic was built in the shipyards not far from the centre of town and uh, yeah, we, we had a great time and, and what I loved most about that bus trip which was 100% touristy was the fact that Dermot jumped on there with me and he actually enjoyed it as well travelling around his own city we had a fantastic guide on the bus and she was funny and made the, made the whole trip interesting after the bus trip we stopped into a very old pub in town I had my very first Guinness in a little booth at the pub which was called The Crown it was still decorated and, and set up as it was I'm, I'm guessing around 100 years or more ago this little booth we were sitting in uh, had a had a a little door that we could pull closed. There was a little button in there to call the waitress over to bring the beers, which doesn't actually work anymore. But it was very charming and uh, a really, really great experience. I also had a good look around Dermot and Catherine's studio in town, which is located in the student quarters of Belfast, probably the trendiest area in town. And fantastic studio, massive space. Dermot and Catherine do a lot of studio shooting for families, uh, student graduates from the local university, the Queen's University. They shoot pets as well. They do a bunch of things. Dermot's the one doing all the shooting. It's Catherine that's come into the business who's now doing all the sales and the, the client relations. She's an absolute wizard with remembering names. She really is. So after that jam-packed full-on day, we had a pub dinner out by a castle and before we started planning what to do today, I said to Dermot, you know, we don't have to do anything too touristy. I really want to see how you live and what life is like in Belfast. Just live a day in your life. So what he normally does on a Wednesday is go on a bike ride with a couple of older friends. If there was a chance to do that, I was in for that. <laughs> I mean, I love cycling. I thought that'd be a great way to meet a couple of other locals from Belfast. And I'm just back in from that ride now. We did 50 k's along mostly bike path. It was just beautiful following these canals out through the countryside with 87-year-old Victor and 82-year-old Trevor, who are just an absolute hoot. A couple of great guys. I'm so glad I got to meet the two of them. And it was a bike ride like, like nothing I've ever done before. Uh, about, I guess, an hour into the ride, we stopped off at our first stop, 
for tea and scones, <laughs> which is just fan- just fantastic. It's, it's not like I said, it's not something I normally do on the rides that I do. And the conversation was fantastic. It was a real a real treat to be able to hear some stories from these guys and some of the things that they'd experienced in their lifetime. And after the tea and scones, we pushed on to a little town further south where the guys picked a park bench and we sat by one of the canals and they proceeded to unwrap their pack lunches that their wives had made. There was flasks of tea. There was a banana, <laughs> a banana in a banana container that I've never seen before. <laughs> I've got photos of these. I'm going to have to put them on Instagram. There was cupcakes. There was chocolate bars. There was sandwiches. There was, piece, like I said, pieces of fruit. Uh, this was a proper picnic on a bike ride. It was, it was just, yeah, a real treat. So after lunch, we headed back, took the train halfway home, and I'm recording this back at Dermot's place before we head out for another pint of beer at one of the local pubs in town in Belfast before we go out to dinner. We're going to meet Catherine. Catherine's in at the studio at the moment doing some work, which I think is a great setup, isn't it? Hey, Dermot's out there riding his bike with his friends, and Catherine's in there keeping the business going. I, I know exactly what that feels like being over here in Ireland while Linda's keeping the business running for us back at home. It's, it's a good thing. Like I said earlier, I wanted to share just a little bit about my day. It's, I'm just overwhelmed with the generosity of both Catherine, her family, and obviously Dermot for you know, immediately saying yes when I suggested that I might be coming over and I was looking for somewhere to stay. Uh, like I said, the generosity has just been amazing, and I truly hope I get the chance to repay their hospitality to me if they ever get a chance to get to Australia, because uh, it'll be a real pleasure. All right, I'm going to leave this part of the recording, and we're going to jump into an interview with Dermot and Catherine and hear a little bit about their business, how they run things, what's working, what's not, just like we normally do for the Photo Biz X episodes. Right, let's go. All right, so we're just back in from dinner. This is probably the worst time to be recording an interview. I've had a Guinness. <laughs> Dermot's had a Guinness. We've all had some wine. We had an Irish coffee as well to finish <laughs> off. Traditional. <laughs> this is the worst time to be recording an interview, but I promised that I was going to record something before we left. So I'm here with Dermot and Catherine Murphy here in Belfast. And yes, I had the privilege of walking through the studio and checking it out, and, and they showed me around what they do and um, how the studio is set out, and they, they talked a little bit about their business, so I thought it'd be great to get them on the podcast and share a little bit about what they actually do, what's working, what's not. So first up, Dermot, do you want to just tell us a little bit about your business and what you focus on? Yes, so we're, um, I always call it like a mom and pop family photography studio. So we have a physical studio in Belfast and we specialise in family photography, um, babies, newborns, uh, graduates, headshots, any sort of people photography is really what we would specialise in. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) And Catherine, what's your role in the business? Well, I... I say that I'm a professional uh, jester because my job is to make people relax. So whether that's making them tea or telling them a funny joke or whatever, to try and get them to react naturally in front of the camera. 
Okay, so you're actually there when Dermot's shooting. Yes. Okay, but you, but you do more than that. I do, you're better in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but hang on, aren't you the one that brings the money into the business? Well, yes, somebody has to bring it in because he's very good at spending it on gear. <laughs> so so what, what, do you actually, what do you do to bring in the money? Well, um, I think if you, if you try and make people realise the value of the photography to begin with, then it's something they're prepared to spend on. So um, lots of young people use mobile phones and they do great, great stuff on their phones. But the stuff on the phones goes in the cloud and I don't know where the cloud is. And I can't feel it and I can't touch it and I can't see it. So I'm happier if I've got something in my hand or on my wall or in a box under the bed where my grandchildren can find it. So is, is this what you actually say to the clients? Yep. Exactly yep. this. You are not buying these pictures for you. You are buying them for your grandchildren. And, and like your clients, so they're, they're younger than you in They're younger, cases. yeah. We're the age of their parents. So, so are they rolling their eyes when you're saying this or are they listening? No, to be fair, most of them don't know that we're kind of middle-aged when they come in. They think we're, they look at the style of the photography and they think we're young and trendy and arty. And then they meet us and they think, oh God, love them. <laughs> but when they get talking to us, they realise that we're very passionate about what we do and we really, really want them to have a legacy. And that's what it's about. It's about making sure that the next generation understand what things were like. I mean, everybody my age has a, a photograph album from their wedding. And they all look pretty similar. <laughs> Styles were the same and the hair hairdos were the same. But a lot of young people don't have wedding albums anymore. And that's really sad. Yeah, and I think as parents of like four children ourselves, we kind of understand and kind of get where they're coming from and maybe even realise before they do what actually they want and therefore we have a good understanding of it from our own experience of raising children and that type of thing and we can therefore give them what they need and and think it's really more when they come to the viewings and see the results that the penny drops and they kind of understand then what has been captured at the sessions. Mm -hmm. So yesterday when you, you showed me a little bit around Belfast and you know, one of the first things we walked past was Queen's University and you talked about the, the graduate photos that you do and that, it sounds like a pretty big part of your business even though it's only in a, a small part of the year, I think it's twice a year, July yeah. and December. Yeah, that's right. So that's working really well for you. How, how are these students finding you and why are they coming to you for photos when they can have them done at the university? Well, I think because we've been doing it for a number of years now, um, some of our business now we're getting through word of mouth because there's been you know older students that have been before and they're recommending us. To be honest, we do a bit of Facebook advertising in the run-up to the graduations um, and we maybe do some videos and try and promote those through a Facebook page and then they would usually sign up through the website we have like an information pack that we send them out and then a percentage of those people I suppose what they're coming to us for is they're coming for like a one-to-one sort of 30-minute session where we have the time to spend with them and make sure they kind of look good and they're relaxed and before any photographs are taken and we can check that their gowns fitted properly and we can make sure their parents are kind of relaxed and comfortable and the girls can top up their um, makeup or fix their hair and that type of 
of thing and it's more of a one-to-one personal service so it's more of an experience and I think a lot of people because it's a big day out and their family are with them and it's kind of akin to maybe like a wedding day or a much smaller scale but when is the family together brothers, sisters, mum and dad everybody's dressed up they're out to enjoy themselves they're prepared to pay a wee bit extra to get a kind of personal treatment um, and end up with some fantastic photos so so when they come in for those photo shoots are they expecting to be photographed with their families and with their siblings or are they expecting just an individual photo well quite often they'll um, expect to get an individual photo but we tell them that they are getting a 30 minute session and it's up to them to use it how they will and obviously because everybody's along for the graduation on the day the mums and dads brothers, sisters, boyfriends, girlfriends will come in tow with them and once we have taken the photographs of the graduates um, we really encourage the parents and the family to get involved and we have enough time to get them in to get a photograph with them as well so when they come back they're probably focused on ordering the photographs of the graduate but I like to think they're pleasantly surprised when they see the results of the family pictures and therefore um, they're happy to get those as well Okay, so are they coming in when they come in or when they book you for those shoots do they have a price in mind or do they know the price? Yes, we kind of do like a standard package um, for them, which would give them their session and they would get like a couple of photographs. Again, one of the advantages we would offer over going to the university is we bring them back for a personal viewing and they get to choose that photograph. Um, I think if they go to the university, they don't get that choice. It's just something is sent to them because it's sort of mass produced. Um, so, And then that is prepaid for. And really, I suppose then after that, it's up to the quality of the photographs and what they think when they see them of whether they decide to, to purchase more. Um, thankfully, most people are pleasantly surprised and delighted to get some extra photographs, um, and that's really great for us. Awesome. So you're getting good upsells yes. following those shoots. So yesterday when we were chatting in the, in the studio, Catherine, you said there's one thing that has made the biggest difference to, all our, or to our sales that, that we implemented. What was that? It's a printed price list. When Dermot showed me the the prototype for the price list, I said, I am not selling from that. So there is no way. What was the prototype? What, what it said was five digitals, 295. Right. It didn't say one. It didn't say two. It said five, ten, or all. And the prints were £75 each. And if you bought five, they were £50 each. And I said, that's, that's a scam. <laughs> that's saying... <laughs> Here's this thing worth 75, but it's not really. And here's these five digitals, but I'm not allowed to buy one. And he said, no, no, you can sell them one, but you have to charge them 100 for one. I said, but people will not believe that. That's just ridiculous. He said, yeah, but we're going to do popcorn pricing. That's the a la carte prices, and they're dear. But if you go with a bundle, you'll get this, that, and the other, which was 10 digitals and a wall product and the video slideshow, which you're making for the marketing anyway, but it's on the price list at 200 and something. And to be fair, the slideshows may seem a wee bit naff to those who don't use them, but the bit of drama and theatre and the lights turned down and the music and the images projected on the wall, I defy any mother not to cry. Mm-hmm. 
And when Dermot says, when they cry, they buy. That's true. I say that too. I say exactly that. But so, hang on. So we're getting ahead of ourselves there. So with the, I understand the slideshow is the, the tearjerker. Yeah. But so before you had the printed price list, how were you selling? How were well, we had we printed one off on the printer, and it was a kind of an A4 page, right. and it was in a little frame. But having a proper printed price list with pictures and produced properly at a printer's, believe it or not, people believe what they see and they they just go, oh, okay, that's the, the price of it. Was we used to sort of maybe email them a PDF with the, the price list after the the shoot, but of course people get that many emails, they don't really get time to look at it. I think being able to give them um, a physical product guide when they left after the shoot and um, being able to take them on a studio uh, through the viewing room and letting them see some of the products that were in the product guide kind of made it more real to them and then when they went home they could sit and discuss that at home as to what things they may be interested in getting when they come back so when they come back into the viewing to see their photographs they already had a preconceived notion about what type of products they might want to go for so I think it focused them and allowed them to kind of um, concentrate on maybe making the purchase or being able to get something um, that was going to relate to them, whether it be an album or wall products, that type of thing. So I think that really helped um, focus people's minds that it was actually going to be a sale and an opportunity. The other thing I think is that when people have a photograph, they want it to be a memory, a moment, a reflection of what happened on the day. So when you hand them a glass of Prosecco or you give them a cup of tea and you maybe take the curlers out and refresh the hair curls or whatever it is, if they've had a good time and they've enjoyed themselves, as they're going out the door, in a sealed envelope they get this product guide. And as Dermot says, they have their heart attack in the car park. (laughs) When they see the prices. By the time they come back, they've got over that. They haven't really remembered that bit nearly as much as they've remembered the fun they had and the enjoyment that they had whenever they were there. And the fact that we're encouraging them to have photographs without the graduation gowns as a family picture, perhaps. Or maybe mum and dad. We did that this year for the first time. And we had a a mum and dad picture. Of course, they all said, oh, no, no, we don't want to do that. And I've said, listen, I'm a menopausal woman. I'm with you. I promise you, we have a bacon slicer and a time machine in this computer. You should see what this guy can do. (laughs) So when they come back, they're always pleasantly surprised. And they've got something they would never have. Because they were never going to stand in front of a camera and smile as a couple. And I always like to say to them, you know, like a good photograph is like a fine wine. You know, it it gets better with age. Because although they're looking at those photographs um, that were taken maybe four weeks ago or five weeks ago, really part of the value of the photographs is as people get older and time moves on, that's when you look back on the photograph in five or ten, fifteen, twenty years time, that it really becomes valuable. You know, that that's all part of it. It just gets better as time goes on. If you like it at the time, although it's kind of contemporary, um, when you become a mother or you're a grandmother and you're showing your children or your grandchildren that photograph of you when you're a graduate, when you look great, um, then I think that's the part of the value and, and part of the, the value of what we do. Sure. I, I can I totally understand where you're coming from there because I think, well, I did. I put my foot in it yesterday when I was chatting to Catherine. <laughs> she, she was taking a phone call from her sister and uh, just as she was taking the call, I noticed the photo above you in, in, the, in, in the lounge room there. And I said, oh, who's that? <laughs> Without looking closely enough, who was it, Catherine? 
Ah, yeah. Clang. <laughs> well, what we do, we have in the studio about three different pictures of Dermot and I when we were younger. And we bring them out, if it's a if it's a wedding album or if it's a graduation picture, if it's a picture of us with our babies. And we say, see, there's the value of good photography. <laughs> you thought you were fat when you got married. You didn't know how bad it was going to get. <laughs> and we had a guy in recently for the graduations and he pulled me aside at the end of the session and he said, hey, did he used to be Dermot Murphy? <laughs> I went to school with him, I think. I, and, and I called into Dermot in the office and I said, hey, this guy thinks he knows you, he thinks he went to school with you. He said, what's his name? I said, his name's Cantney. He said, you're joking. Am I that old looking? <laughs> haven't seen for about 30 years. That's they didn't recognise each other. That's great. And time marches on, and as much as it's great to have the wise old head I have, I don't much like the body and the face that goes with it. And I'm delighted to have these pictures from when I was young, because it's lovely. It's just lovely to know that um, these lovely young girls who are all graduates, we, we hope they all stay young and beautiful, but it's unlikely. <laughs> But this way, their grandchildren will find that picture under the bed one day. And and go, mommy, mommy, look, look at Granny. Yeah, and people with babies and newborns, you know, we, we get people, we do newborn photography and the babies are less than 10 days old. And if people are ordering wall products, um, they're all custom made. It can take four to six weeks to get them. Um, the surprise on the mum or dad's face when they come back to get the picture of the newborn, which was taken, you know, four or five weeks ago, there's such a change. In the, in already, the baby, yeah. already, we yeah. always you know, encourage the parents to get into those pictures. We do tell a little fib and say, "Look, we just need your hands or your cheek or your shoulder or whatever," but we really want the picture with the parents because that child will so value that picture. By the time the parents see it, you know it's been well let, well posed. They look great. Yeah, yeah. And you, because you guys do do some photoshopping afterwards with every shoot, don't you? We would yeah. never show a, a client a completely raw file. Right, you know, it's just not fair. You, you, you put them through the what did you call it? The bacon slicer and the, the bacon slicer and the time machine. It's not fair. It's like saying to somebody, "There's a recipe." Honestly, that's a lovely cottage pie. That I always think. I always say to people, "Well, we'll kind of make you look as you would on your best day." Because you know, if I took a photograph of you today, composed or compared to next week, you know, you maybe look slightly different, or you might be tired one day, or you might have you know bags under your eyes or something. So. We just like to give people the opportunity. These photographs are going to be on the wall and they're going to be around for, you know, mm. 50, 100, 200, who knows how long. Um, and we just want people to look, you know, well in them. Yeah. You know, want them to look like And themselves. they still have the option if there's something about the picture that they're not happy about for whatever reason. If we can help, we will. Mm. Um, we're not complete magicians, but we'll do our best. So one of the things I found interesting yesterday when, when you were showing me through the studio, Dermot, was that um, you know, you're picking out some products and we're looking at some things on the wall and on the, on the display table there. And you said, oh, these, these feel to me like they're a bit too over-photoshopped. And like, it was almost like you were a little bit embarrassed about your own work. Yeah. But yeah. then you went on to say something else, which I thought was, was so true and interesting. Do you remember what you said? Um, I think I said, because I think sometimes as you evolve as a photographer and, you know, uh, you take on different things and different influences, you maybe look back at work you did a year, two, three, four years ago and you think, really, really, I was selling that, you know, because you're obviously you're getting better over time. And maybe some of the things your early attempts at doing like Photoshop or retouching, you were we maybe a bit heavy handed with the, the brush or the, the mouse sort of thing. But what I did say was um, on feedback from clients when we do show people photographs and that type of thing um, it's very early if anybody has ever said you know something I look too 
too good in that. Could you dial it down? Could you dial it back? No one's ever said that. Nobody's ever said that. As a professional and as an artist, if you're not slightly embarrassed by the work you were doing three years ago, you're not improving. True. That's true. Yeah, that is true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It's a continual learning curve, isn't it? You're never. I look at the stuff we were putting out years ago and I cringe. (laughs) Those clients are happy. Yeah. But as artists, you know, it's just... Because you know, you're improving and, and developing and changing. Obviously, and there's fashions and there's trends as well. Exactly. And some of them you just have to forgo because it's not you. Yeah. Just to finish off, uh, you told me a little story. I think there was two two different mentors that came into Travis's life. Mm-hmm. Can you tell? Can you, can you relate yeah. those stories again? Yeah. One of them was a guy called Jim Moreland. He was a fellow of the Royal Society of Photographers, a really down-to-earth, lovely guy. He'd actually been a photographer in a commercial, um, like, was the electricity board or something? Yes, he was. He worked as a commercial photographer for the electricity board. And I actually knew him when I was in my teens because I was in a camera club. And he was in the camera club. He was just kind of a few years older than me, but he was starting out um and his photography so I knew him from then but then he came back into our lives you know lovely lovely man and he contacted us and he said can you tell Dermot I need to see him I want you to get me a model and I'll come down and I'll spend a day with you and we'll we'll do a bit of work so so was this out of the blue was this years after you'd seen him last this was he was part of the professional association that we were involved with and it was maybe a few months after we'd met him at the last meeting or something it, it didn't make a lot of sense but we just thought well, we'd be you know genuine and let him do whatever he wanted to do so we got a professional model in he wanted a couple he wanted a, a wedding couple so we got a girl in dressed her up as a bride and got her a, a guy and dressed him up as a groom and he brought in all the kit and he, he was helping Dermot set up Rembrandt lighting well this was his specialty and it's something he was very well known for I noticed on the day, because my background is in healthcare in the beginning, and I noticed he, he didn't seem very well, but I didn't pass any remarks. And a couple of months later, we heard that he was very ill, and we sent a card to thank him for having come down to see us, and his wife spoke to me on the phone, and she said, it meant a lot to Jim. It was very important to him, and he probably won't be able to see you because he's too unwell. But I'll tell him you enjoyed it and that you're happy with the results. So we sent him the files and he said he was really delighted with the results. And then we heard after that he'd died. So I think in some ways it was kind of a passing on of the torch. And it was a massive compliment. So so there was the idea, do you think, that he wanted to pass on some of his skills to Dermot? I think so. I think he basically thought, you know, this is a dying art. I want to make sure when I go, somebody knows how to do it. Right. He's a great teacher, and he did lots of uh, seminars and different things to teach loads of photographers, you know, about lighting and great black and white work and all that sort of thing. So Interesting quote from that day. Mm-hmm. You said, oh, Jim, I'm not getting this. You know, I'm not as good as you. Mm-hmm. And he said, listen, son, you don't have to be that good. You don't want to be the best photographer in the poor house. <laughs> it's not about the photographs. It's about making the photographs pay your mortgage. Yeah, yeah. So he had like that commercial angle to it, you know what I mean? So he, he was a brilliant, fantastic, um, you know, fellow of the Royal Photographic Society and his work was amazing. But he still had that kind of um, commercial thing there that at the end of the day you have to produce work that sells to, you know, the average person that wants to buy photographs. It doesn't have to be an award-winning image each time. You just need to get stuff that'll, that'll um, keep you in business. 
Awesome. I, I think that's a great spot to leave this. Actually, you know what? I sh- I, that was too early because it, was there another guy that you mentioned? Yes, there was another guy who, who kind of took a shine to Dermot and he's a great guy. He, he was one of the founders of Venture Photography, which is a national success story. And uh, he spent a bit of time with Dermot advising him very much on the business side of the business because I think photographers are creative people and creative people are not smart. They are not good at knowing... We talk about... I talk about the elves and the shoemaker. Okay, so we've got this amount of money. And we're going to buy samples with that and we're going to create orders with that. We're going to fulfil what needs to be done. But we can only do that if there's a little bit of leather in the... You know, to to make the shoes. If you know that fairy story, the elves and the shoemaker. So you can only work with what you've got. So you have to make sure you've got enough money to be able to do the creative stuff tomorrow. Yes. Because if you haven't got the cash flow, you can't do anything. You can't be shooting at all. Correct. So he was a guy called David Campbell, and he was a fantastic photographer, but he was a brilliant businessman as well. Do you know what I mean? He still is. He still is, but he kind of put it all together, and he was able to do... Produced great photography, but he was. But really he good. wanted to know: Did you know what your bottom line was? <laughs> and you hadn't a clue. Yeah, because he was all with, but you know, he wanted to know about figures and what your turnover was and what your average cost of goods was and all this type of thing. And I think a lot of photographers, because we're into the kind of creative side and the photography side, we're not necessarily the best at the business side, and we don't really have that, you know, those figures at our fingertips, and we kind of don't have that. Um, but it's same passion for the for the business side and maybe not as, as good as the business. I think Andrew would agree with us here. Behind every successful photographer is a woman with a very <laughs> firm hand. <laughs> I think you're running out of tape here, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, we better. <laughs> Linda's going to hear this too. She's going to totally agree with you, Kathy. Like, um, just before we do finish off, I just want to say a massive thanks for putting me up, showing me a great time in Belfast. You guys have been so hospitable, so generous. And we're looking uh, forward to seeing you in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I must say you've been a fantastic guest. I really enjoyed our time together. It was great to get out on the, on the bikes and uh, talk about a Shop Thank God he's going home tomorrow and you'll go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> and you're um, so and you and you're a great program and really enjoy your um, podcasts and I've learned a lot from them over the last couple of years. I've been listening to them and highly recommend them. Um, and you're even nicer in the flesh. <laughs> Maybe, then you are on air. Dashingly <laughs> handsome. Oh, well, yes. Keith's got well, I was going to wrap it up, but we're going to just keep going for a bit longer. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, That's Andrew. Awesome. Thank That's you. A pleasure. Cheers. You've been listening to the Photo Experiment Podcast with Andrew Helmich, brought to you by PhotoBizX, the podcast to help you build a successful portrait and wedding photography business. To learn more, head to photobizx.com.